Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network. In the future, none of you are heroes. You're legends. Get driven. Stay driven. The following wrestling broadcast is being performed by highly trained professional athletes. It is not recommended that their actions be imitated in any form whatsoever in the home. This is the LAW Retro Wrestling Show with your host, wrestling's only mass cowboy, the Maverick, and wrestling's original superhero, Super Cody. Good evening, everyone. I am Lance Catamaran, and you are watching South Paul Regional Wrestling. <laughs> I like that show. Was that was that not the best like thing they've done show. in ten years? <laughs> it was. It was just in, in case anyone doesn't know what we're talking about. And I didn't know this was coming, did you? Was this something that you saw? There was the, no lead into it till the teaser yesterday and then it hit the air. So I had no idea. Funny, I, the teaser I love the story. They were cleaning out the archive room, and they found this videotape. It's the only right, place. one lost VHS tape. Uh, if you're tuning in for real, folks, welcome to LAW Pro Wrestling Radio, episode 11, here on the Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network. I'm unfortunately not Lance Catamaran, but I am the Maverick, and I'm joined once again by Super Scotty! Or however it's said on the intro. You know, that was so, done so you by like... one of the greatest Mexican announcers ever. Oh, is that what it was? Yes. I see. You know, like when they do goal, Cody! Yeah, I... I... I think you actually believe that. That's what frightens me the most, is that you believe that. It was done by Pablo Guacamole. There you go. It's Friday night, and it's time to talk Liberty All-Star Wrestling. Now I sound like the voiceover guy. Can't even get the show right. It's time for Retro Wrestling Radio. Time to talk all the news from Liberty All-Star Wrestling. And, of course, all the greatest in classic professional wrestling. A little later on, we've got our guest, a pretty big guest for us. Yeah, yeah. Do we want to we wanna keep this one a surprise? Mm, no. Let's tell the world that it's possibly Hulk Hogan. <laughs> possibly. And he likes possibly. Tacos. You like tacos? Not, not likely, but possibly. How we're going to tease all of our shows. And we possibly have Sting calling in. Possibly. Not likely. Not likely. (laughs) But possibly. We do have a huge return to Liberty All-Star Wrestling for Homecoming coming up on April 1st in Briarcliff, Pennsylvania. 
the news is being broken tonight. He's going to be our guest live on the air. And, and it's been so long since we've seen this guy. There were no uh, Liberty All-Star Wrestling promotional pictures to be found to, to even accompany the announcement. It's been well, that long well, since one, we've seen this guy in the ring. And one thing I will say is it's not like he hasn't been getting offers over the years. He, he's he's yeah. been offered several times to come out of his self-imposed retirement to step back in the ring, and it, it's taken Liberty All-Star Wrestling to coming back to Delaware County for him to come back. And, you know, Delaware County is kind of where he made his, his mark. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, another Delco native coming to a Liberty All-Star Wrestling homecoming on April 1st, and he's going to be on the air a little later on tonight after we do the big recap of the show, of the event coming up. So that's pretty exciting. You're going to want to hang out for that one, and especially if you are an old-school Liberty All-Star Wrestling fan or an independent wrestling fan from the Philadelphia area for the last, oh, 10 years or so. This guy was a Pretty big deal, as he would say about himself, um, and then walked away, and now he's making his return. Now, I'm really curious to see why he's coming back. Uh, well, I guess we'll have to ask him. That we will. And speaking of the show, which we kind of were doing, let's recap it. Liberty All-Star Wrestling presents Homecoming, Saturday, April 1st, with a 6.30 bell time. At the Briarcliff Fire Company, number 75, the street address 767 Beach Avenue, Glen Olden, PA, all tickets are just $12 and proceeds to benefit the Briarcliff Fire Company number 75. Tickets on sale, go to libertyallstarwrestling.com, or you can check the Briarcliff Fire Company itself. They have tickets and have been out and about promoting the show, and we are crazy excited to be returning to Delaware County for the big show, Liberty All-Star Wrestling's return. It was born in Delco, and we are returning the Delco for the big event. We've got two championship matches signed, sealed, and delivered, as they like to say back in the old school days, for the Liberty All-Star Wrestling Heavyweight Championship. The champion, John Cannon, will defend against the number one contender, the LAW legend Jimmy Giannetti. Every week I ask you now, you got to give me something, some new insight, some new nugget, you know, something, uh, new perspective on this match, the heavyweight championship match, the Big Daddy. Well, I do have some new information. I checked in with Janetti, and as you know, he is one of the head trainers down in Florida at uh, Pablo Marquez's wrestling school, and it's a very huge school. Well, apparently... He's brought in a lot of almost John Cannon clones 
and he's taking them on one after the other, preparing for the unpredictable style. So he, he's he's bringing guys who who mimic Cannon in some ways, but at the same time, who are a lot different. Where the, where he you know he's trying to prepare for that unpredictable style, and I give Janetti credit because he's going at this very smart. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Now I don't know that you're going to find anybody anywhere like John Cannon in the ring, but I, I do appreciate the effort of trying to reach out there and get different opponents in there. And that's the the, the wily veteran that is Janetti. He's trying to prepare for the, you know, to pre- expect the unexpected, as they say in cliche land. And in this case, it's really really true. So, you know, it's definitely he's not taking the match lightly. Cannon, the new champion, is an unpredictable wild card. We've talked about Mr. Jester, who will be there in some capacity. I imagine he's going to be in his corner. Well, Gennetti also covered that. He says he has hired a very large gentleman out of Florida to literally stalk him during matches. So that he's always so he's preparing to look behind him and preparing for when Mr. Jester attacks. It's almost like Inspector Cluzo, where he used to pay his butler to attack him when he'd come into his house, and he never knew when it was coming. Janetti is taking this challenge very seriously. Uh, I see. Um, all right. There you go. He's hired a large man to jump and beat him up uh, to prepare for Mr. Jester. So there seems to be no lengths that Jimmy Gennetti will, will will go to to prepare for this match. Uh, we'll see how that plays out April 1st in Briarcliff, Pennsylvania at homecoming. The other championship match that evening, the LAW Tag Team Champions. Elite International, those dirty, rotten scoundrels. No good snake in the grass, side-winding fritter-fratters. Defend their title against Norm the Barfly and the Maverick, TV Generation, and all you folks in Briarcliff lands, three in the making. As TV Generation wins the championship. End of story. Good night. Bye-bye now. The end. When I'm speaking of preparing, how are you and Norm preparing for a team which you don't even know which, team, which, which version of Elite International you're facing yet? Well, our original plan was to have them all deported. But a judge in Hawaii put a stop to that this week. So, I go to plan B. And you don't want us to have to go to plan B. I know I'm going to regret asking this, but what is Plan B? You are not prepared for Plan B. Plan B is the greatest plan of all time. I thought that was Plan 9 from Outer Space. No, that's Planet 9. It's Plan B. Oh. Hmm. Plan B by any chance involve punch and pie? No, I'm not giving them punch and pie. 
They're dirty, rotten cheaters. And one of them is even British. Yeah, he drinks tea, you know. That's one more thing wrong with him. Yeah. And he likes stones. Stones? Like rocks? Sto- no, stones. You know, scones. Those awful awful pastries that pretend that they are good but turn out to be just bleh. Well, they have to be awful if you say they don't taste good because I've never seen you (laughs) not eat a pastry. Honestly, in my world travels and, you know, rescuing people all over the world, Britain is the only place where I will refuse an offer of food as a reward. I don't believe that for a second. I would rather eat haggis than British food. I don't believe that either. And I don't even know who haggis is or why you're eating him. Well, he was a kid who was a football player. Thought that was he hate me. No, no, no. Yeah. I just referenced the XFL on Retro Wrestling Radio 11. Mark it down on the calendars. He referenced the XFL. Well, there goes the subject I was going to bring up later. You were not. It's your favorite. You don't even know what Plan B is. It your may involve the XFL. Your favorite XFL The Tag Team Championship. Go back to sleep. I'm running a show here. The Elite International. There could be up to, what, four people now? Two of them. We know two of them have to be in the match. Now, where the other two are doing, I have no idea. But it doesn't matter if it's Wyndham James Winthorpe. It doesn't matter if it's Mr. Ulala. It doesn't matter if it's Big Ben. And it doesn't matter if it's Munoz de Hernandez, the newcomer that they announced just a couple weeks ago. I don't. doesn't matter what two. None of them are going to be prepared for plan B as we go and get those belts. They have Elite International. What are you doing over there? Brazilian wax. It's, it sounds like you're eating chips again. No, I'm not eating chips. I am sitting in the super secret Super Cody cave talking on the radio and monitoring evil worldwide. You're watching television again. And you're watching chips. That was all the static. You were eating chips. Now back to my promo. Never mind, I forget what it is. It was my one chance to talk about my match, man. You ruined it for everybody. Yeah. You can send your thank you cards and your letters of gratitude to Super Cody, care of supercody.com. There's no supercody.com. That's right. The, dot, the bottom dropped out of the .com, and I can only afford a Facebook page now. And if you want to see more of his misspelled attempts at humor, you can check that out on Facebook.
others. You are. Scheduled. I'm sorry. I was going to get back to business. Did you want to interrupt that again? No. All right. And just sit there and eat your chips. Others scheduled to appear at Liberty All-Star Wrestling Homecoming, April 1st in Briarcliff. We've already said Mr. Jester will be in the house. LAW champion John Cannon, LAW legend Jimmy Gennetti. We've already covered them. We're also going to see Sal the Pug in the house. The Pug Pound is coming to Liberty All-Star Wrestling Homecoming. You really are eating chips. I am not eating chips. Will you stop it? Do it. All I'm getting is static in my ears from chip bag. <sighs> Please go back into the Liberty All-Star show. That's what the people tuned in for. Stop making all that racket. I can't even hear. I am not eating chips on the air. Coming back to the point of all this, Team Alpha Fit is coming to Liberty All-Star Wrestling Homecoming. Mr. Jester, we already established, Munoz de Hernandez is scheduled to be in action. Now, whether he's in that tag team match or not, they haven't said, those dirty rascals. Second-generation LAW superstar David Reed is coming to LAW Homecoming, making his Liberty All-Star Wrestling debut, the son of Lucky Larry, coming to LAW. All that and much more. Seven big matches. Two championship matches. And a whole night of family fun coming to Liberty All-Star Wrestling. Homecoming, Saturday, April 1st, 6.30, bell time. And also coming, is that our guest? It looks like our guest is on the line. Hello? Oh, let's, let's bring him on. Are you done eating chips into the microphone there? You heard it too, right? Eating. Well, I don't know what you're eating then. Yeah, uh, yeah. Liberty All-Star Wrestling Homecoming, April 1st, Briarcliff Fieldhouse, 6.30 p.m. bell time. The return, the professional wrestling return of Greg Spitz. Uh, it's been a long, long time. And... Uh, you know, I I stepped away from wrestling because I thought there was nothing left for me. I stepped away because I thought that there were kids out there that were hungry, that wanted a, a shot more than I did. And I sit back and I watch TV and I see every week somebody I'd been wrestling with or somebody I'd been in the ring with. And then I see a bunch of kids that probably never would have had a chance if I didn't step away. And now a company that I cut my teeth in, Liberty All-Star Wrestling, a company that I should have won titles in, that I never got that opportunity, is running again. And it's time for me to come back and, and crush the dreams of all these kids that are trying to cut their teeth and trying to be champions. Because really, even after seven years, I can come back and take them out. You line them up. I'll put them down. And the first person I'm going after is this ridiculous dog man, Sal the Pug. 
Wow. Yeah. So, uh, Greg Spitz, welcome back to Liberty All-Star Wrestling. And, and I want to get right to the point of that. You're calling out Sal the Pug? I'm calling out the Pug. You got a, 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 a wrestling dog. That's ridiculous. And if there's one thing that Greg Spitz is not, it is someone who will stand for something that is ridiculous. Uh, yeah, so sign it. Make it happen. Greg Spitz versus Sal the Pug. Wow. That's that's big. So you're just coming right in and putting the challenge out there, and, and you want it. You want Greg Spitz and, and Sal the Pug fans that then get on there and get it and, and see if we can get that match happening. That's That's what I'm coming back for, starting – Starting with the pug. Wow, I, you know, it, it was a shocker when I heard you were actually coming back because I know many federations have reached out to you to make a return yeah. to wrestling. It's and been seven years and down. multiple offers. Absolutely. I, you I know, I got my first real break at Liberty All Star Wrestling, so why wouldn't I return there? And that that's very true. Let's talk about those early days of you breaking into Liberty All-Star Wrestling. Um, take us back. Well, let's see. Uh, what did it all start with? It was with you, Maverick. Uh, I would say, <laughs> you know, a very young, inexperienced Greg Spitz got in the ring with with you, trying to take a title off you, and came up short. And maybe I still got an axe to grind with you. I know we've got uh, many uh, a storied history everywhere. We went multiple states, and and it's it's unresolved. I've won some, you've won some, and there's there's a lot. I think you and I still have to prove to each other in the ring. So maybe that's going to happen down the line. Who knows? But you know, you've been around the block, and I'm not coming after somebody like you first. I'm coming after all these young kids that are trying to take a spot to live their dreams, to show them, you know what, they got to dream another dream. So basically you are coming in to dash the hopes and dreams of young up-and-comers. Yeah, yeah. Everybody thinks they're important today. You know, when I broke in, there wasn't a lot of social media. There was all these kids here who have uh, the world at the palm of their hands with their phones that they go online and they create Twitter and Instagram and Facebook accounts. And they think they're so important just because their mom and dad gave them a phone and they can get on the internet for free in some coffee shop. No, you're not important. You're nobody. You're just a kid with a phone and, and, and a lot of hype and dreams that doesn't mean anything to me. So yeah, I'm going to shut it all down. And, and I know for a fact that you are anti-social media. You are not even a presence on social media. No, I have no, I have no desire to be on social media. Why? I know I'm important. I have people reaching out to me, trying to get me to work shows, trying to get me to show up at wrestling events. You know? If I wanted to be out there and act like I was more important 
than I am like all these kids out there that, you know, oh, geez, I got on the Internet. I must be somebody. My opinion means something. That's, you know, it's ridiculous. It's got to be shut down. So I start with the pug, and then I move my way on. What other young kid is on this roster that's got two matches under their belt that I can squash their dreams? You order a pair of wrestling boots off Amazon and think, oh, man, I'm a wrestler now. You you pay $50 to somebody who's never been anywhere to train you, and you think, I'm a wrestler now. That stuff's got to get shut down. The wrestling business is polluted. The wrestling talent out there is diluted. And somebody needs to come in and shut it down. Wow, you almost sound like a political figure. I got to be political. I got to be political. Wrestling is politics. Well, you're absolutely right there. So, you've obviously been thinking about this for quite a while. You've been following the scene. I've been following the scene. I've kept my finger on the pulse of it all, and I'm watching, and I'm going to come out there, and I'm going to be in shape, unlike a lot of these people. I've been back in the gym. I didn't just say, hey, you know what? I'm going to show up today. And I don't even know how to spell Jim. Uh, you know, I, I watch and I look at people that I have known that have been wrestling for 20 years. And I see them in photographs from 20 years ago and today. And they look 10 times worse. And I look better. I'm the lightest I've been in 15 years. I dropped 130 pounds by Christmas. I'm ready to get back in the ring. All right, and you have starting hard. Sal the Pug is uh, a game newcomer. He is he's pretty green. Uh, he's a newcomer. He's but he's had quite a run in Liberty so far. Well, you know, that's the thing about dogs. They'll chase anything. He can keep running. But it's going to come to an end. There's a sudden stop. All right. So, going beyond that, you, you're coming in, you're looking for the new guys. Uh, any other long-term goals uh, now that you're back in Liberty All-Star Wrestling? There's a couple championships floating around, uh, neither of which you've had your hands on. No, I'm I'm all about gaining the gold as soon as I crush some dreams. First and foremost for me is crushing dreams. The titles will come, but destroying a dream, that's something that you can't encase in gold. That's something that I will take with me forever as a trophy and that someone else will carry with them forever as a scar. All right. You heard it, fans. He's back, and he is driven, and he is ready to shatter the dreams of some of the young up-and-coming stars and his challenge, Sal the Pug. April 1st, 
Briarcliff Fieldhouse, 6.30 p.m. bell time. Greg Spitz returns. And if you got nothing there else, you have it. I'm going to get back to cardio and warm up for this dog. All right. There you have it, fans. Thank you for calling in, Mr. Spitz. We will see you on April 1st. Done. Wow. All right, wrestling fans. There you have it. Greg Spitz back in pro wrestling, back in Liberty All-Star Wrestling, and is coming home April 1st. And he has uh, axed to grind with many of the up-and-coming stars of Liberty All-Star Wrestling. Uh, If you're not familiar, if you're new to the world of independent wrestling, Greg Spitz was a mainstay on the Northeast. Him and I have had unbelievable battles, as you heard on the radio. He is somebody that I was glad to see go, honestly, when he left the business. uh, Our feud raged (laughs) up and down the East Coast, all over several promotions, And we've had some unbelievable matches. And uh, I got to say, when I'm looking at these young kids like Sal the Pug and David Reed and these newcomers, this next generation of guys coming up, if he's gunning for them, they're going to have their hands full. And what a litmus test it's going to be for those guys. Uh, I'll be very interested to see see, uh, how Sal reacts to this. You know, will the Pug step up to the plate and take on a guy who – has been everywhere and done everything. You know, I've also been in the ring with Mr. Spitz, and I can't say that I'm happy to hear of his return because, you know, he was always known as the evil genius of wrestling, but he was on a different kind of level, whereas he was a – he would think it out. He was kind of like your Lex Luthor. And – you know, he when he sets his sights on it, and, I, and if I'm these young guys, I, I'm warning you now, be ready. Because if he's setting his sights on you guys, you can uh, darn well guarantee that he's going to come after you. And that's big, big news for April 1st. Greg Spitz. Potentially against Sal the Pug. I don't see Sal backing down. You know, the Pug, he's he's tenacious, he's young, and I think, you know, it'll be interesting to see if we get a response um, in the coming weeks from Sal the Pug. It'll be interesting to see uh, what happens. That could be a huge match and a big, big deal. I'm very curious to see. Yeah, you know. What what comes of this? Sal made his his presence known at the last LAW show and uh, you know, uh, (laughs) this is not, this is not going to be a a walk in the park for him. Like I said, you're talking about a whole different animal when it comes to Greg Spitz and he is the methodical mind game player, if you will. Yeah. uh, He's uh, clearly, he's been, he's well aware of who Sal the pug is. This, he did not come back haphazardly. You know, he is, uh, he's definitely a master planner. He's uh, a master of chess in the ring, as they say. And he's clearly done his homework. He's, he's got it out for Sal the Pug. He's going to make his mark there, his return there. 
be very interesting to see what he has in store. And if Sal's up for the challenge, you know, Sal's my boy. Uh, he had my back at the last show. He's, you know, a, a tough up and comer. And if I know him, like I think I know him, I think it's going to be a very interesting show. And as a matter of fact, we have Sal the Pug on the line right now. Sal the Pug, welcome to LAW Retro Wrestling Radio. Mav, Cody, thanks for having me on. Thanks for calling in. Now, uh, let's get right to it. Clearly... You heard what just happened, what transpired. Greg Spitz, a longtime superstar of the independent world, is returning to Liberty All-Star Wrestling on April 1st. He's thrown down the challenge. What do you have to say to that? You know what? I have nothing but respect for Greg Spitz. And if he wants to challenge Sal the Pug at LAW Homecoming in Briarcliff in two weeks, I accept that challenge. I don't back down to any challenge. All right. It didn't so take long I'm looking forward to it. Now, now Sal, I got to, you know, Maverick and I are coming from experience here. Do not take this challenge lightly. This man is an evil genius. Super Cody, I appreciate that. I do. Any challenge out there, Sal the Pug takes seriously. I'm going to be studying tape in my kennel. I'm going to be watching. I have two weeks to shift gears and start getting ready for Greg Spitz. So Greg Spitz, you know, there's stuff out there for me to study of him. There's not a whole heck of a lot for him to study on me. It gives me a slight advantage. That's an interesting point. Well, but I also know not to take him lightly and to be ready for anything. And, you know, I have to have there's eyes in the front, eyes in the back. Elite International is still floating around out there. I know I had a run-in with them last time. And uh, now Greg Spitz has my full attention. But I still have those eyes behind me. All right. Wow. we got a lot of breaking news on this show this week. I appreciate you guys giving me a moment to call up and accept that challenge. I appreciate it. You guys are doing a heck of a job. All right. Thank you, Sal. Thank you for just jumping right on that. That's awesome. Way to step up to the plate, man. Way to get in there. Don't take this guy lightly, but don't back down from anybody, brother. Absolutely, Matt. Absolutely. And, Sal, while we got you, how do you feel about coming home with LAW to the place where it all started? You know, words can't describe the, the opportunity to come back where everything started and to be a part of that and be part of something special and something big. I mean, I, yeah, I was hoping just to be able to walk into that building and get in the ring in such a sacred place for LAW. Now to actually have a challenge lined up, you know, words can't describe it. But, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm touched. I am. Well, Sal, I'm 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 for uh, I for one am glad to have you aboard, and uh, it's always good to have a force of good <laughs> fighting the fighting the good fight. I appreciate that, Super Cody, and you you know 
you're out there day in and day out keeping the citizens safe, and it's good to know that you're up there watching over us. Well, thank you, my friend. I appreciate that. Oh, believe me, the pleasure's all mine, guys. All right. Thank you for calling in Sal the Pug. You heard it. It's going to happen. Now it's just got to go through the official paperwork, but it looks like it's going to happen on April 1st. The Greg Spitz returns to take on Sal the Pug one-on-one. Woo! Things work quickly around here some days. Sal, thanks for calling in, brother. Hey, thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Enjoying the show. Thanks. Keep it up. He didn't know he had Wi-Fi wow. on his channel. Well, apparently they put Wi-Fi in anything now. <laughs> so, so that was wow. a whirlwind. That was. We went from uh, announcing a, a new, you know, a new addition to the show to actually having a new match in less than 10 minutes. Yeah, right? Wow. And that's the way it works. A very special challenge match. And hopefully they'll get that one signed on paper as soon as it goes through the official channels. But it looks like it's going to happen. They both men want it to happen. I don't see any reason why it shouldn't. Uh, Greg Spitz, Sal the Pug, first time ever. The return of Greg Spitz. Returning to (laughs) – that's just a big, big match. Returning to Delco for the first time. And we're bringing that awesome match to you. The Pug Pound is going to be in the house. And they're going to be challenged in a huge way. That they are. The evil genius returns. All right. We, we got to get around to taking our commercial break. Well, we catch our breath. And when we return, we're going to be talking about in honor of the return of Greg Spitz. Our retro topic this week is pro wrestling's most flamboyant characters, which we didn't actually touch on. Uh, We touched on briefly his match. But uh, at one point, Greg Spitz, early in his career, played a very flamboyant character. And we'll talk a little bit about that and our favorite flamboyant characters in pro wrestling history right after these messages. Attention business owners, website owners, event promoters, or anyone looking to promote your product. The Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network is the perfect way to spread the word of your business around the world. That's right. You can advertise at our network and be played on all of our shows at rates that are so cheap. It's a no-brainer. For more information, contact Bay Ragney at bayragney at gmail.com. To keep your business driven, stay driven with Totally Driven Entertainment. Are you a fan of Sherlock Holmes? Letters from Holmes offers unique, one-of-a-kind letters from the world-famous detective himself. Handwritten on 8.5-inch by 11-inch aged parchment paper and using smudge-free ink to produce original, high-quality letters that fans will treasure for years to come. Each letter is handcrafted and written from the perspective of Sherlock Holmes, mimicking Holmes's native tongue and embracing many of the famous detective's quirks, quips, insults and peculiarities. Order a love letter, birthday greeting, personal correspondence, or more only at www.etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash letters from homes. For $5 today, you can buy a wealth of things. Gas for your car, rent a movie for the family, a few slices of pizza. $5 still takes you a long ways. 
But did you know that $5 can buy your child a bag of heroin in the streets? That's right. For only $5, your son or daughter can buy some of the cheapest and purest dope in the country. Be aware of the lies. Be aware of the stealing. Be aware that's all it takes to kill your child. $5. This message was brought to you by Casey's Cause, a group of parents located in southern Chester County out to save your child's life. Come join us today at www.caseyscause.com. And remember, $5 is all it takes. Casey's Cause www.caseyscause.com Looking for that perfect gift for your girlfriend? Then look no further than Teddy Scares. Teddy Scares are available in a variety of styles, sizes, and prices for all your shopping needs. Teddy Scares are a mix of cute and creepy to make a great gift for almost any age. Board up your windows, lock your doors, and log on to teddyscares.com and be sure to become our friends at facebook.com slash teddyscares. Calling all comic book fans. Do you collect comics? Did you ever collect comics? Do you think your children might like reading comic books? Do you even know they still print real, paper, non-digital comic books? Well, then visit the Pirates of Ontario Street Comics in Philadelphia. We have a massive collection of comic books, action figures, trading cards, and much more. We have one of the largest stocks of back-issue comics in the area. We bag and board every new comic book at no extra charge. Our store is voted the best comic book shop in the 2013 PHL 17 Hot List Contest. Part of the movie Unbreakable is filmed in our store. We are open seven days a week. Ontario Street Comics is located at 2235 East Ontario Street in the Port Richmond section of Philly. Our phone number is 215-288-7338. Type in the words Ontario Comics Philadelphia to check out our wacky stores page on Facebook. And welcome back to LAW Retro Wrestling Radio number 11 here on the Totally Driven Entertainment Network. It's Friday night, and it's time to talk wrestling. And make sure you check out all the great shows on Totally Driven Entertainment all through the week. But this is time, and it's time to talk old school. No school like the old school, eh, Super Cody? No, there is not. And, you know, we're going to talk about flamboyancy and flamboyant characters. Yeah, and the, and the reason for that is we, we knew coming in that uh, we had heard earlier in the week that Greg Spitz was, was returning to LAW and that he was going to be our guest on the show. We were going to be able to break the news on the show. And we started talking about uh, the, the career of Greg Spitz. And like I said, I had a, a long-running feud with him, and he was one of the first challengers I had when I was the LAW light heavyweight champion, the now defunct LAW light heavyweight champion. And he wasn't the Greg Spitz who went on to become a, a, an icon in the Eastern East coast independent wrestling scene that he, you know, he became a big player after a while, but he had a bit of an auspicious start. Wouldn't you say? He did. He did. He, uh, you know, he used to come to the ring with a, you know, a pink, big pink feathered boa, and he was a very nimble chap. Yeah, he uh, played a very flamboyant, over-the-top character. He he used the psychological advantage over a lot of his opponents um, in a big way. He even went out and got himself a pink cowboy hat for our title match, which I I wonder if he still has in his closet. Uh, (laughs) 
Um, it was just a way for him to kind of get under people's skin. He played a very over-the-top, flamboyant character, and that kind of got us talking about some of the more colorful and flamboyant characters in the history of wrestling, and there have been a lot of them. Yeah, that, that there has. You know, some more flamboyant than others, but... You know, a lot of times they they made an imp- they made an impression on you. Absolutely, absolutely. Going all the way back to the literal golden age of professional wrestling, the very first, what who they called the very first character, so to speak, uh, or that sometimes it's referred to as the very first gimmick. But yeah, gorgeous George. Now, Gorgeous George, I got to see a lot of (laughs) – that was your whole – yes, just agree. Gorgeous George, I got to see on a lot of those old – you'd be able to get them for like five bucks during the heydays of the Attitude Era. You'd be able to go in and buy a $5 DVD of classic wrestling guys. And it had some old matches of Gorgeous George, and that was one crazy character. And I imagine during that time period that it was even more so because you didn't have – you know, those kind of characters anywhere in TV and movies and stuff like that. That was something straight out of, I don't even know where, with the, the blonde hair and the manservant and the and the prissiness and the attitude. I, I, they said he gained a lot of heat and, and you know, really, really was able to, to get crowds irate. And I, I couldn't imagine the reaction he got at that time period. Yeah, and literally anyone that came after him that had any kind of showmanship um, has to give credit to Gorgeous George. You know, one of the most famous people that ever gave credit to Gorgeous George was not even in wrestling. I imagine you're going to go back to one of your particular idols. Muhammad Ali, who always credited his flamboyancy to Gorgeous George. He said today that openly in a lot of interviews that, that Gorgeous George was a huge influence on, on his persona as he uh, went out. So, yeah, absolutely. He, Gorgeous George was a household name and, and remains so if you think about how many times that gimmick has come back. And over the years, it was always originally a very heel gimmick. But I think in today's market, it's been getting over more as a, a babyface gimmick. When you look at gold dust and how that transcended things, and then eventually Rico. Yeah, 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 and uh, you know, uh, even when the flamboyant were bad guys, people still didn't want to admit it, but they still liked them because they they brought. Well, I back. think. Yeah. You know, to, yeah, I think any time you get a character. Him. Go ahead. No, no, you, you, no, no. you wanted to hate them, but at the same point, you had so much fun watching them that it was hard to put your full force into the hate. Right. I, I, what I was going to say is anytime you have a character like that who stands out and is that you – know, Creative is not even the right word. I think it becomes one of those things the fans love to hate. You know, almost like Roddy Piper. People love to boo him because it was so much fun to go see Piper in action. I think George's George and, and to other extents, a lot of those characters 
uh, the good ones anyway, uh, managed to, to to get that uh, love to hate aspect of it. It was just so much fun to be in to be, boo, and there was a, a, a token of respect there, kind of like what you were saying. That it was, that it was, and I mean, over the years there have been so many great flamboyant people that just took the ball and ran with it. Absolutely, absolutely. It's a it's a character that's kind of come back over in subtle ways. Uh, with your superstar Billy Grahams and your less than subtle ways with uh, your Adrian Adonis's. Who I always thought was one of the most interesting because he went, you know, a lot of them guys started out flamboyant and he did not. He actually no, started that out was... and he got the opposite. He had had a long successful career as a tough guy and a and a biker gimmick and which is ironic because he had a beauty and the beast type gimmick when he teamed with Jesse the Body Ventura where Ventura was the, the flamboyant east, one the east west connection right yeah and 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 but he transformed himself and he did it magnificently you know what cracks me up about Adrian Adonis is, and it's something I recently because I watch almost only the old stuff on the WWE Network, uh, and I was watching some uh, Adonis uh, just by coincidence a couple weeks ago, and I was watching something he had done. It. You know what cracks me up about Adrian the most in doing that gimmick? What's that? The fact that he was so awful at a lot of aspects of it. You know, usually when you do the that gimmick, you have a the the hair and the makeup. Well, he would just slap the makeup on, like the the Mimi eye makeup, and the and the lipstick would be all over the place. You know, he he did it, but he did it in such a way that you know he almost looked like a slob while doing it, which was so different than the prissiness of so many of the other characters. You know what he reminded me of? <laughs> he reminded me of that little old grandmother. Who didn't know she was putting on too much makeup. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. The lipstick was smeared. The the dress would be tucked into the back of his tights. The leg warmers would be pulled up all the way. And the dye job was awful. It was. But he real. I mean, but you know what? Everyone was talking about Adrian Adonis. Everyone was talking yeah. about the flower shop. And, and Jimmy Hart again. We, I thought every time his name comes up, you have to. He was genius uh, doing the managing of Adrian Adonis with the squeaky voice and it's adorable, Adrian. <laughs> he was. He was. It was great. I, you know, and, and it's a shame that he was taken from us, you know, very early in his life. You know, he, he still was very popular traveling all over the world. Um, yeah. And for those who don't know, Adrian Adonis died in a car crash uh, shortly after 
I guess about a year after WrestleMania three, maybe, or not quite a year. Um, eighty eight. It was, was nineteen eighty eight. So it was a, about a year, I believe it was. I remember nineteen eighty that, that year, nineteen eighty eight, because we lost both him and Brody, and I actually wrote a school paper on it, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and it was a real tragic, tragic accident. Um, you know, they were driving, and uh, you know, uh, I think someone fell asleep at the wheel, if I'm not mistaken. I remember the story correctly. Yeah, it was. Uh, yep, July fourth, nineteen eighty-eight. He passed away, and it was an automobile accident, and um, coming from a show, I, I believe. Yes, and uh, huge, huge loss because he was such a huge talent. No, it's not no pun intended, of course, because he was such a large man, but he moved so quickly, and was just so talented at everything he did. The thing that I think amazed me about Adrian too was he let himself go body wise, but yet he still wrestled like he was in that two hundred and forty pound mark. Oh yeah, and he he just took some horrendous bumps all over the place. You know, he flew around the ring, uh, watching some of the beatings he would take from guys. Uh, he did. He truly still moved like he was two hundred and forty pounds, and you know, just in a such great stuff that he did. And his feud with Piper was just amazing. It was. He was the man that got Piper over as a face. Yeah, absolutely. He's always yeah. one when you think of that character. It's one that comes to mind. Now, is there any other characters that that, that stood out to you that you really liked? Outside of uh, Gorgeous George and Adrian, um, there that character always always intrigued me. And I, you know, who I really thought did a good job of it and it was kind of underappreciated. And I, I, I slipped him in there earlier was Rico Constantino. Uh, you know what? I thought he was underappreciated. And and the genesis of the gimmick obviously is when he was the manager of Billy and Chuck, and you got to see that he was their stylist. And then, you know, they transcend. He, they tried to make him this nasty, evil guy when they turned him on Billy and Chuck. And then they, they turned him into the flamboyant character. But I, I, incorporating both of those two things, he was so good at, at that character. And he never really got the credit he deserved. And, and putting Jackie with him was a stroke of brilliance because literally they were taking right from the, the, the Adrian Street angle of it and, and giving him the strong woman. And... I think, and I really liked her, uh, and the, the pair together was just really good, and I would have liked to have seen them get a better run. I, I think I would have, too. Um, and actually, his tag team with... Um, Charlie Haas, wasn't Charlie it? Charlie Haas was... Uh, yeah, I thought that was phenomenal. Yeah, the I odd thought, couple thing uh, that they were playing. Yeah, I thought they played off it very well. I thought they they did. It, it, it was again. I was so heartbroken. Now, now, do you know what Mister Rico is doing these days? Uh, no, no, I don't. He 
He is actually a police officer in Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh, you know, see, I thought he started out as a police officer. He did. Oh, and he went back to it. He was also an American Gladiator, which was cool. (laughs) I did not know that. You didn't know he was an American Gladiator? No, I did not. Yeah, I think I don't think he was a. I think he was a contestant. Uh, I have to go back and double check that, and I'm going to go to our our fact finding uh, friend uh, named Google. But he was on American Gladiators, and he was a contestant on American Gladiators. Okay, okay. And just to let all our fans know, as always. Uh, every time we do a retro wrestling topic and we're talking about the wrestlers, we do post a video on the wrestler, retro wrestling page so you can see who we're talking about. And there's currently a video of Adrian Adonis wrestling the late, great George the Animal Steel and Val Venus versus Mr. Rico. You know, I saw George the Animal Steel versus Adrian Adonis in the spectrum. I don't know if that's where the video's from that you posted, but I remember seeing that match. I'm almost certain it was in the spectrum. It was. I'm sure it, it did was, the circuit. I, I'm sure it did the circuit. I don't know if that, but I, I vaguely remember it happening in the spectrum. It did, and and it was one of the. It was. I'm trying to think of the best. It was so memorable because you had. Such two two conflicting personalities, and it was so much fun. It was a fun match to watch, basically. Yeah, because George, the crazy animal, he was putting the stuff all up in his face, and he was selling it like, oh, I remember that. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember this match for one thing. Because it was probably when Adrian was at one of his largest sizes, and he climbed to the top rope. <laughs> Very nimbly, too, by the way. <laughs> well, yeah, he well he got around like we said earlier. He got around really, really well um, for a bigger dude. He he sold like a champ. I, he would take those buckles upside down and go sailing through the ring. You know, he was he was something else. Adrian Adonis. And Rico, who had a, a much more limited run and not nearly as much as I would have liked, but he was another one that always stood. I, I appreciate that character. Even in the Gold Dust took it to a whole new level. But he did. it was he definitely did. entertaining to watch when he did it. He did. And, and sometimes Gold Dust pushed it to the point where it was really uncomfortable to watch, which is what I think helped transcend that character. Now, one of my favorites of all time to watch, and I think he was another one that, that didn't get the credit he deserved, was Exotic Adrian Street. Yeah, definite wrestling legend uh, from around the world. Adrian Street was uh, really something. And you know why? I, I, we, you mentioned him earlier, and you, you, you wanted to be the one to bring him up, uh, and I... I think it's because he never had that run in the Fed. And he could have, because he was, wrestling-wise, he could go toe-to-toe with anyone. 
he was he yeah, was a great that wrestler. Era, Vince, he was absolutely was, but for that era, I believe he was just too short. He was and for he Vince was to even look at him. Uh, um, I know he he was billed at about five six, five seven, maybe around two twenty. I don't yeah. think he was two hundred pounds, to be honest with you. But yeah, you, and you I know, think and it, it, I think Vince wouldn't even look at him, and that's something he missed out on because you missed a great, great talent. One of many little guys that Vince, you know, like Ricky Morton, Robert Gibson, he would never look at either. But you know, it's just one of those things, and I think you know it's why he's not more well known because his his work was fantastic. Um, I think we got he was in the NWA. And uh, did a lot of regional work down there. And outside of his appearances on Global, I think most people have never seen an Adrian Street match. Well, I'll be honest with you, and this this will shock people who are familiar with Mr. Street. You know, when we started seeing him, it was the late 80s, 90s. Do you know he had his first wrestling match in 1957? Wow. So think about it. He was well into his fifties when we were when we were. Um, actually, I'm looking at his bio now. It was, it's yeah, he had his first match of fifty-seven at the age of seventeen years old. So he, that's impressive. So now, when we, when we when we were introduced to him, he had he had been in wrestling for. 30 or more years. That's And he, yeah. you didn't know it. That's impressive. Now, you said you're a big fan. What were some of your uh, favorite opponents? You know, the big ones that stood out, the big matches of his. My all-time favorite, um, because he's another guy that we can actually say was a flamboyant wrestler, Maybe not to the extent, but I always thought this was another underrated wrestler, was his feud with Austin Idol. Those two would get out there and basically put on a wrestling clinic, but you didn't know it because they were also having fun. Um, that was, was, uh, was, that down in, was that down in Memphis or over in Texas? Uh, that was actually um, – they did a couple. They did a few in Georgia, and that's where I seen it on the old Superstation. Okay, on the Superstation. Okay, uh, I didn't realize that it, it it made it over that far. Yeah, yeah. Adrian was periodically on, and that was where I was introduced to him because I was also introduced to his music because <laughs> he sings my, he sings one of my favorite wrestling songs. She's a mighty big girl for her age. <laughs> I don't All right. I will post the video. It is a funny song, and uh, it was actually featured in the wrestling movie Grunt Queen Kong in the video. But uh, getting back to your question, him and Austin Idol used to go out there and have so much fun. And another opponent that I loved to watch him wrestle was Mister Wrestling Two, because Mister Wrestling Two is this straight up no nonsense wrestler. And he right. just – he almost seemed uncomfortable with Adrian at times. 
Hey, and that's the beauty of that gimmick is is when you pair them off. And I said we mentioned it briefly with the Charlie Haas Rico thing. That character worked best when it was against a a, a straight arrow. That's why I was curious to see, you know, your take on uh, opponents for because, you know, that's where it really shined. Like I would have liked to have seen Bob Backlund and him have a run because it would have been hilarious just to see Backlund squeam, squirm. What the hell's a squeam? Squirm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely, you know, that's, (laughs) I, you know what, I don't recall, I don't know if he ever took on Backlund, Um, you know, he was a world traveler, too, Uh, he wrestled all over, and uh, one of the things that uh, you didn't get to see too much of it in the, the Georgia run, because I don't know if he started doing later, but after he would defeat an opponent, he would do their face up with makeup. Oh wow! So the guy, so the guy would wake up with with eyeshadow on, and I think actually in a match I posted, uh, him and Linda do it at the end. Yeah, the guy would wake up with eyeshadow on and lipstick, and <laughs> wow, it was it was just it was just a fun ending. Um, but he he was also famous in his feuds with Jerry Lawler. Lawler seemed he would bring him in, and it was always funny because the the thing I remember the most was it was always the same routine. He would start out fighting Lawler, but then would end up end his feud with Dundee before he left because him and Dundee were about the same height. <laughs> I was going to say that it was like a midget wrestling match, and as close as you came in Memphis. <laughs> but it was just funny because it was always the same. Um, it was always the exact same thing. You know, he'd start feeding with Mauler and then he'd finish with Dundee and he'd disappear. Right. Well, he did the circuit like a lot of them did. And that was, you know, where that's, I knew he'd been down to Memphis numerous times. That's why I thought that's where he would have ran into Austin Idol, who also spent a lot of time there. Um, and I'd also like to oh, give here, him a big good. shout out. He's a cancer survivor too. So, you know, kudos on that, my friend. We're glad to see you're still with us. Yeah, still going. And and honestly, wrestling fans, if you don't know who Adrian Street is, I promise you, at some point in your your watching wrestling career, you've seen Adrian's work. <laughs> you have more than you know. He has successfully run a professional wrestling gear business called the Bizarre Bizarre for many, many years. Um, he designed outfits for myself. Um, he's designed outfits for Kid America. And uh, Super Dude Cody. Love Super Cody. for Cody. And here's a, here's an, LAW, an, an LAW trivia. He created okay. the Peacemaker. He created the Peacemaker. He created the Peacemaker. He did. He How about created, that? He created that. That mask is an Adrian Street original. There you go. And, and so if you've ever and, seen and, the Peacemaker, yeah, and the character, he also he also is the exclusive tights creator of Mister Greg Spitz. Oh, I didn't know it was exclusive. Yes, yes, Greg has very high standards. I see. So, there you but, go. Uh, Exotic Adrian Street. 
And again, like we said, you know, some of these guys, like we, we, we briefly mentioned, um, Austin Idol, um, superstar Billy Graham. There are so many people that may have not done it to the extent of eight, the Adrians. Um, oh, absolutely. You know what? Absolutely. How great would have been that them two teamed up at some point and called themselves the adorable that? Adrians? Adrian Adonis oh. on Adrian Street. Well, he was exotic Adrian. He wasn't adorable Adrian. They could have been exotically adorable. There you go. <laughs> yeah, but getting back to your point, guys like Jesse the Body Ventura, uh, even Hulk Hogan has claimed to have a little bit of uh, – although he was more superstar Billy Graham who was in, you know, uh, referenced, uh, revered by – you know, uh, influenced by Gorgeous George, I should say. So, yeah, um, so there, there is this whole second level of those guys, the more flamboyant characters who, with the feather boas and you know, the long hair and stuff like that became very prominent in, in wrestling, the more flamboyant of those characters. Jesse Ventura, we mentioned earlier, uh, your Austin Idols. Um, yeah, so definitely a bunch of colorful characters, and they made wrestling much more entertaining. Yeah, that they that they did, and you know, hopefully, uh, you know, somebody picks up the mantle soon because uh, I, I haven't seen a good flamboyant character in a little bit. Yeah, I'm not sure. Well, is Rico the last one? Has there been one since then? Hmm. I can't really think of anybody off the top of my head. No, no. Well, you know, LAW is the retro wrestling, so you never know who who who, who might take up the new mantle. There you go. Coming soon. The all-new fabulous Frank Cody. Get you some feather boas? No, no, he's super nice. Not going? Not going for it? Oh, maybe we can bring back um, that that guy who was he was in that tag team, Fantastic Frank. Nah, Danny Desire. Those two were were they were some flamboyant fellows. Never heard of them. Well, neither did most of the wrestling world. But... <laughs> Touche. All right. Anything else you want to add on the the, the line of flamboyancy? Uh, well, like you said, you know what? Now that, now that I've got to thinking about it, I just, you know, I would like to see somebody pop up. I mean, um, some honorable mentions. Uh, you know, you had uh, Lenny and Lodi in WCW, who I thought had a fantastic run there for a little while. Yes. And boy, like I said, yeah, it's it. Maybe maybe it's you know, it's a credit to these gentlemen that have done it because there hasn't been many. Maybe it's just that hard to do that. It takes a special kind of person to pull it off. Uh, you know what? I, I have to I have to make a, a side note here. I forgot about one of my arch rivals from up 
up in uh, over in Jersey and in the up up upstate Pennsylvania way, uh, the adorable Amadeus. I forgot about Amadeus. Yeah, for the indie scene, he he was phenomenal. Yeah, another uh, big big man like Adrian Adonis was, Thunder uh, Pounder, uh, light on his feet, um, and and wanted to, to, to. He had a crush on me, and he wanted to crush me at the same time. It was a weird relationship. And the old Tri-State had a tag team who were just fun and phenomenal to watch. Um, they were Mr. Anthony and Mr. Perez. And they used to come out to huh. It's Raining Man. <laughs> Perfect. And they had some epic feuds with the late, great Larry Winters and Tony Stetson. I know about Stetson and Winters. They were a heck of a, a group. I, I missed that one, though. Definitely one to go back and look in on. Yeah, yeah. If you if you if you get a chance to see some footage of them guys, they they were real fun to watch. Very cool. But you know, hopefully, like you said, you know, somebody will pick up the mantle. Yeah, it or seems I to have been a while. So there you go, youngsters. You want to be noticed? Get flamboyant. Absolutely. The more colorful, the better. Get noticed. Stand out. Don't fit in. Something that so many guys need to learn on the independence is you got to do something to stand out. Too many guys just want to fit in. Yeah. Don't fit in. Stand. Thank you for that, that remarkable witticism. Thank you. All right. So that brings us to about the closing point. Again, we want to recap. Coming from Liberty All-Star Wrestling on Saturday, April the 1st, called LAW Homecoming. 6.30 bell time at the Briarcliff Fire Company, 767 Beach Avenue in Glen Olden, PA. All tickets are just $12, and proceeds will benefit the Briarcliff Fire Company number 75. Tickets are on sale at LibertyAllStarWrestling.com or at the Briarcliff Fire Company itself. Two big championship matches. Jimmy Gennetti challenges LAW champion John Cannon, and TV Generation challenges LAW tag team champions and despicable foreign rat bastages Elite International. And... A third match that we can announce that was pretty much made today. We're still waiting for the papers to sign, but it looks like it's going to happen. The returning Greg Spitz takes on Sal the Pug in a special challenge match. You also get to see David Reed, second-generation LAW star. Mr. Jester will be in the house. And so many more. We'd like to take a moment and thank the sponsors of the big event. Uh, Dino Style Pizza, the Mike Mahalan team. Big Daddy's Barbecue, and our latest sponsor, the Comic Universe, a group that I am very familiar with and have done a lot of work in the past. Welcome aboard. Uh, big event. I am excited. I'm As cleaning, off a shelf, cleaning off a shelf for my new tag team championship belt. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you have uh, so much... Uh, 
<laughs> what is that? What is the word I'm looking for? I don't know. <laughs> um, confidence in yourself, young man. Well, you know, confidence is confidence. Two times, two times those rats managed to, to, to get me out of the title, get me away from the championship, messed me up, ruined my championship opportunity. I am taking it out of their backside. Well, again, I do hope that you you do get your your comeuppance with them because, um, you know, they are just very despicable, despicable villains. And, you know, they keep trying to outsmart everyone. And I, I just hope that you, you are able to take the belts off them because that's not where the LAW the titles belong on the waist of such despicable human beings. It's coming home. So we are running out of time for this week's show. Make sure you tune in during the week to all the other great shows here on the Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network, including the mothership, the flagship, the main tamale, or however you want to call it, Totally Driven Radio, Thursday nights at 8 o'clock with the Hotshot Bay Ragney. And Nick Wilkinson's back. Oh, Nick Wilkinson is a, is a great friend of Liberty All-Star Wrestling's, and he is also the guru of television and movies. Uh, Pro Wrestling Now with Mike Ferrara, the Mojo Sports Show, and of course, every Sunday morning at 9 a.m., Maverick's Comic Roundup where me and the posse talk comic books, collectibles, and so much more. This week, we're going to be talking about the brand new Iron Fist show on Netflix. I've been binge-watching it all day. We're also going to have more surprises on the air, lots of news, a new six-shooter, and much more. So tune in this Sunday at 9. I think we've covered it all, my friend, for this week. There you go. Tune in next week when Dr. Bob says... Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I was doing the Muppet Show again. (laughs) This isn't Veterinarian's Hospital? I remember Veterinarian's Hospital. My favorite was... Continuing Story. That one was pretty awesome, too. Tune in next week. We're going to have more, if you can believe it, more information on Liberty All-Star Wrestling Homecoming, including a special call-in guest or two who will be actually in Briarcliff doing battle for your amusement. So tune in. That's my big hype voice. I want uh, to appease the bloodthirsty crowds. The monster truck guy. Yeah, why not? That guy was cool. All right, wrestling fans, thanks for tuning in. And until we meet again, happy trails. <laughs>